Guys, mental health is something that Dan and I are extremely passionate about, which is why it excites us to say that we are partnering with BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and our podcast. BetterHelp is the world's leading therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BacksideGroundBalls. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash BacksideGroundBalls. by Riverside. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls podcast. We're coming to you here late. Late, 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 late on a Monday evening, uh, late even for our standards of trying to get this podcast in. So we're probably going to roll a little bit quicker than than normal. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a loyal listener of the pod, future brother-in-law. I'm recording in your room right now. So uh, we're on the road for, for Campbell Campbell admissions. So uh, coming to you, backside ground balls, first time on the road. So Dan, um, how we doing from, from North Carolina, North Kakalaki, as they call it up here? Doing good, man. Um, late night. Yeah, late night. <laughs> we're gonna try to get out. We're gonna try to get out of here because I still got a shower and I, I gotta be at a at a college fair early tomorrow morning. So uh, no, <laughs> no need to uh, to mince words and and hold back. So we're gonna get through this. Real quick, what we got to start having you do when you go to these college fairs, we need to get a little, like, you got the Trevor Powers Admissions Campbell University business card. I also need a stack of, like, Backside Ground Backside Balls podcast ball. business cards. Just give them two. Just slip yeah, two into that little folder you're handing what do you think out. This is? What is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See if they check, check it out. out you never know. Yeah. I should. I'm going to ask everybody, you like baseball? You baseball fan? Everybody <laughs> I see with – oh, because I'm, I'm up in Westchester County. I'm going to see more Yankee hats than I'm going to see anything else in the world. So we I'm talk gonna, about them a lot. Yeah, of course. They're, they're, the, they're the heartbeat of the MLB. But today we're going to talk about college baseball. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a little quick recap from a really – groundbreaking weekend across college baseball, specifically in the SEC. Um, We had a lot of teams fall. Um, We have a lot of teams not playing their best. We have a lot of teams that 
make some statements. You know, we're looking at, you know, I'm, I'm already all in. Maybe we should do this. Dan, you got to look at, you know, your betting services. Can we get a Tennessee college baseball futures bet for the national championship? Uh, because I'm all in on that. We've seen with the last two national champions and we'll kind of kick it off with that conversation is what, what did you see from Tennessee this weekend? And obviously you actually had boots on the ground at another college series that we're going to talk to, but obviously we're recapping the college series out in, um, in Tennessee. I mean, first and foremost, I would just like everyone, if you're listening to this episode and didn't listen last week, stop right here, go back to last week's episode, turn it on and find a section where we're talking about Tennessee there. Trevor called this. Trevor basically said, like, don't you, – you said do not sleep on Tennessee. That's what I was thinking about all weekend. I was like, Trevor, like, literally lobbed this up for everyone and was like, this is about to happen. And, and I agreed with you because, you know, especially with the college game, I trust your instincts a little bit more than my own uh, a lot of times. And, like, we saw Tennessee this weekend. Like, you saw Tennessee this weekend, the Tennessee that everybody thought we were going to see, the Tennessee that was um, so tantalizing last year. Um, you even pointed out yesterday the big home run on uh, Saturday and the 25th man on the rosters out of the dugout, just MF and Vanderbilt's dugout. Like that place was bumping like Knoxville. Rocky Top was on fire. Um, they played great. And look, to me, we, we have this discussion a lot, especially with big league baseball that, you know, managers get too much credit and blame. But like what a great job Tony Vitello has done because – like, I think one of the things that can be dangerous in college baseball and what I've talked about being a concern for this team was, like, you can – like, they're 18 to 22-year-olds. They had so much expectation going into this year. Like, this team could have easily just, like, packed it up and, and, and been like, all right, we got to win the conference tournament to get in. Yeah. No, this team looked like they, they weren't phased. They looked like a team who believed they were a top-five team in the country. They don't care what your rankings say, everyone else. Like – they still believe, and they found the right formula. Chase Burns out of the bullpen is electric, is what we found out. Like, Vitello's pushed the right buttons. He hasn't just – he didn't give up, right? He continued to try different things. He makes the move. And, and, like, making that move, I can't imagine putting myself in his position, the kind of, like, the thought process and, like, this is what's best for the program. I'm going to have to put Chase Burns' best interests, like, to the side here to and side, do what's best yeah. for the program because at that level, like – that kid is expected to be a, a top pick. Like you expect someday, this guy's a, a big coming into this year is a big time draft prospect, and you're just like putting you in the bullpen, man. So like a lot of coaches, I feel like, or, or maybe I'm wrong on this. I've never been in a situation where I've been coaching high profile guys before, but like doing that, you got to sit there, and that conversation at least has to happen. And Vitello, Vitello didn't shy away from it and um, did not care. And and he continued to try and find things to make this team click. And, and boy, did they look good. I know you had more eyes on it this weekend than I did. But, man, like that was the Tennessee team everyone's been, been waiting to see all year. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is – you we like I said we've seen it with the last two national champions. Uh, they've kind of gotten to a point where, you know, like they have rough starts to the season. Ole Miss was the preseason number one. So you want to talk about a turnaround? It's a lot easier to, you know, see the talent. And obviously, this is a team that was preseason number two. And like talent comes through at some point, right? Especially in baseball. This isn't college football where 
after three losses, you're done for the year, no matter how much talent you have. This is college baseball where you're playing, you know, 57 regular season games and then a, you know, a 20, potentially 20 plus game sprint down the stretch. It's like, there's a lot of baseball to be had and it's about, you know, finding out what works for you. And, and obviously we're going to probably circle the, the Dylan Drelling home run in the bottom of the ninth when they're down to their the last strike as the turn of the season. But I think it's Chase Burns coming out of the bullpen, right? Cause you still got to go win that ball game. And I'll tell you what, that, that home run ignited the crowd. You want to know what probably ignited that dugout a lot more is seeing a guy who is going to make himself millions of dollars coming out of the bullpen, punching out seven and three innings, throwing a hundred mile power heaters right by hitters coming off the mound, fired up like he's pitching in game seven of the college world series, wanting to win that game and doing everything that he can putting his limb, limbs on the line for that team, right? That's huge. That is huge. So I really do think that I know the home run was big, but that was the tone center. And I think that's the tone center that brought them the next day. They hung eight runs in the first inning on Saturday, like in game two, like, oh, whoa, oh, we're back, right? right. Like, and, and, we, and we're going to like, it's like they never left, right? Like you said, like, that's what I said. That's when I knew Tennessee was back was when you got the 25th man on the roster, F you and a Tim Corbin dugout. And they're like, dude, we're number four in the nation. You guys have scuffled through the first parts of this year. But like that team has never lost a swagger. Then they go beat a Vanderbilt team 17 to one, 17 to one's a dog walk. Like that is a, that is a beat down. In, in any way and then to turn around and usually when you see you know how many times have we seen it you score 17 how many do you score the next game two yeah not one, many right not many right they go and hang 10 on sunday it's like okay this team's for real and they're really like the talent's always been there we were talking about how they needed to have sweeps here i was expecting it to come after the Vanderbilt series. I was like, go take your licks against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's playing great baseball and then turn around and bring it to us the weekend after. And it's like, no, we're just going to go sweep Vanderbilt and get red hot for the stretch run. Well, and I think well, you, you make a good point and I apologize. I gave Vitello credit for putting Chase Burns in the bullpen. I'd also like to give credit for Chase Burns for being selfless and, and, and I clearly accepting that role and accepting that challenge and coming out and doing a great job and maybe a little bit of the passion and the the success was an f u to Vitello of like I I shouldn't be in this role like I I still got it and like but good that's the way it should be channeled mm-hmm. right like there's a there's a way to handle things as a player and a way not to handle things as a player sulking and becoming a cancer in the clubhouse and 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 you know being a bad teammate and not accepting your role is one way to do it but to go out there and pitch like you got something to prove is the way to handle it and he did that and I, and I agree I mean. You there were this the side view of the seventh strikeout it might have been. It was a hundred no, one was of a, the first. It was it was, it was one like, of the first ones, whatever first it was. Yeah. And that place and that place just erupted, erupted. and he erupted. And him coming and off the, the mound. Yeah. That it was like that's it. And and I wonder if maybe this is the role Tennessee's more comfortable in. Because they kind of exploded and we talked about this a lot with them this year. They exploded onto the scene last year. And they kind of vaulted into that role after they were kind of like the, the you know, became the heel of college baseball and the team everybody loved to hate and um, nobody was kind of believing it. And then they just kept proving it weekend after weekend. And this year they have all the expectations and everyone knows they're big and bad. And, and uh, they struggled a little bit. But now that they were bumped out of the rankings and everyone thought that, you know, it was time for them to pack it up, here they come. 
And like you said, the schedule's really favorable the rest of the way. Like this team can get hot going into the conference tournament. And college baseball postseason, man, it's so unpredictable. Baseball postseasons are unpredictable. Major League Baseball, you never know, right? Some Braves 88-win team who got hot at the right time went on, and, and you just get hot at the right time. You get some pitchers with confidence. You get some guys who come through with big hits, and you can beat anybody, anybody. I mean, yeah. you, you see that in baseball nonstop. Like, watch the World Baseball Classic, for example. You have a bunch of minor yeah. leaguers who sometimes go, they're out there and they're competing and sticking with some of the best players in the world. It just is. It's baseball so hard, and 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 like any team, if they're put in the right circumstances and they play well on any given day, they can be anybody. There's no guarantees. You know, it's so different from football. You're not lining up across from somebody where, you know, if I have, if I can out athlete you, it's over. There's nothing you can do about it. If if a, a bad SEC team rolls out there against Alabama or Georgia in football, like they lose Vanderbilt, right. If Vanderbilt football rolls up when they roll up to Alabama and, and, and Georgia, like, the guy across from them is just better, bigger, stronger, faster. There's nothing you can do. Baseball, it doesn't matter. That doesn't – like there's too much chance in baseball. And, and if this team gets hot with all the talent they have, we're not talking about a team like Vanderbilt football. We're talking about a team that has some of the best talent in the country. So if they get confidence going – You're talking – they, they start getting breaks. Like they can win it. They can win it all. Why not? Like you're talking Texas A&M football, right? Talent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like exactly. you're talking about like – recruiting at a high level, bringing in elite talent, putting guys in the MLB draft on a year-to-year basis. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I know there's some really good teams in the SEC, but if you told me that out of every team in the SEC, this team, this Tennessee team had the most guys that play in the major leagues, I wouldn't. I mean, you go through no. the lineup, there's there's a lot of dudes that looked apart. You know their whole rotation could pitch at a high level. You know, You know at least three or four guys in their lineup can do it. And who are the other teams we talk about like that? We've mentioned two other teams that, and we, we've mentioned a lot of times the, the draft buzz around them, and that's Wake Forest and, and LSU. And we consistently talk yeah, and about Florida. the one in first and right Florida, the top three teams pretty much until this weekend with what happened with Florida, which we'll get to. But like we've been talking for weeks, those are the best three teams in the country, and I agree with you. Those t- that Tennessee team is that talented. That talented. so like the fact that they haven't been up there is kind of been a surprise, but they very well can be in that conversation with mm-hmm. all of those teams, right? How many how many how many teams in baseball in our lifetime, college or professional, have gone start to finish front of the pack? It's so rare. I mean Red Sox in twenty to twenty eighteen. Eighteen, yeah, that was 13, probably the they closest. Were not, they were they were a hundred plus win team. Went were top team at the end of May and won the World Series. But other than twenty eighteen, yeah, that was what that was. Because you think about that, uh, like just think about the Yankees last year. Just for something that's yeah, recent, it's hard to on do. people's minds. Oh, they might break the win record, and mm-hmm. then then me and you got on here in August, and we were like, uh oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. like this doesn't look like the Yankees team. We saw the first three months of the season, and that's what happens. It's really hard. Like it's a great point. It's really hard to do in baseball. Yeah. So, and obviously, we mentioned, you know all the the chase burn stuff we we talk about this with lsu and lsu's had a lot more injuries but thatcher heard no matter what his era is is a weapon out of the bullpen chase burns is similar and chase dolander had a good start this weekend uh seven full he pitched a complete game in the 17 to one blowout six hits one three walks obviously worrisome about the walks but nine strikeouts one earned 
you'll take that. And, and really this, this team seemed to seemingly growing into form pretty quickly. So um, obviously you mentioned Florida uh, and they went to Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina and got beat up kind of. I mean, you're talking about a Friday night game, 13 to three with the good old mercy rule Saturday game or yeah, Saturday game five to two. And then, Sunday game seven to five. I mean, you're talking about a team we've talked about Florida in the limelight that they are of being one of the most talented teams in the country and South Carolina handled their business. And, you know, as much as I want to talk about Florida here, I think it's, Oh, it is two weeks late on. This is what South Carolina was destined to do against LSU too. I said that to you over the phone. I mean, you're one bad pitch away from, or, five minutes later of when the wind started kicking in at 35 miles per hour of walking away with a two game sweep against LSU. And then you're talking about five and zero against Florida and LSU and the number one team in the country. So, you know, let's, let's definitely give South Carolina the credit for sweeping a really good Florida team. I mean, you're at home, that place is rocking, that place makes a difference, but super impressive what they were able to do this weekend. Yeah, I think, um, I think I can speak for both of us when I said when we signed when we decided to go to that series against LSU. Obviously, we knew how good South Carolina was, but we were really going to see LSU. Let's go see Skeens. Let's go see Cruz in person. Trey Morgan, Tommy White, Cade Belosa, like all those guys. And I felt like we both kind of just were stunned by how good South Carolina was. Like we knew they were good, yes. but then we we were there and we saw them for two days, and we were like, no, this team's like really good, and. Like you said, we would have been talking on this, you know, everyone would have been talking the same way two weeks ago if, if we don't make one bad pitch or, or put guys on for free in that inning, that, that fateful inning that LSU came back and beat them um, on, on that Friday. Like this team's unbelievable. This mm-hmm. offense is so good. I, we both came away so impressed with Will Sanders, even though we only saw a couple innings. We really like their, you know, some of the pieces out of the bullpen. Veach, I think we both agree, has like a really plus yep. elite strikeout pitch. He showed it again mm-hmm. this weekend. And for me, this is the story. The story of that series is South Carolina like being talked about as a legit threat. And this is what makes this part of college baseball season so fun is like everybody's making their moves and you're priming up for the postseason and your things are really starting to take shape. I'm not worried about Florida. I don't know about you. Look, the SEC schedule is hard. Going on the road in college baseball is hard no matter who you are. And so they went to a top three, four, five team in the country, and they got they got beat. They got stunned a mm-hmm. little bit. I mean, UVA lost got swept or lost a series to Notre Dame over the weekend, right? Yep. Like, it's going to happen. Which, who did Wichita State sweep? Wichita State swept East, the East Carolina. EC, ECU got swept by Wichita State. It's hard to go on the road in college baseball. These things happen. So I'm not concerned about Florida. I think, to me, the story is, is like – Florida's loaded. They're a top five team, and South Carolina handled their business no problem. And that place isn't easy to play. <laughs> no, I mean, South that Carolina atmosphere was unbelievable when we were there. I mean, South Carolina's twenty four and one at home, and I, I just knew where you were sense. going. That's why I yeah, wanted to tell after you that. being there, it's like yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that Friday it was Good Friday, so you know, got people had off, and we talked about it uh, when we recapped it. But that was a noon start on a Friday, and that place was packed, and the energy was great. On a Friday at noon, like that doesn't happen around the country everywhere. You go to a lot mm-hmm. of places at noon on a Friday, and there's not many people there. Yeah. And that place was electric. They loved that team. They gave them a huge boost. The ballpark plays perfectly to Monty Lee's offense. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, they have guys on the mound who compete and have really good stuff. And, and that team is legit. Um, I apologize to the Baseball America guys for saying legit. Um, but they're really, really good. Really good. Yeah. And and Will Sanders, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing was he wasn't, you know, in his best form. But coming into that LSU game, you said it. We saw him live, and he looked really good. His stats weren't great, but through a ton of strikes, the slider looked sharp. It looked like he had figured something out, and he went and did the same thing against a really good Florida team. And Ethan Petrie, like I know we've seen this with freshmen recently, right? Tommy White, Seth Beer was really good as a freshman. Yep. I, I, I believe him and Colin started their careers in college at roughly the same point whether Colin was a sophomore when Seth was a freshman, whatever, but they'd face so. each other yeah. a couple times. Um, and obviously Seth beer isn't exactly like a surefire big leaguer, I guess is the best way to say it. So we see it. Um, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibilities for, for a freshman to just come on and light the world on fire. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who's hitting mid four hundreds close to in the sec he's driving he just broke the freshman rbi record he's already blown through the freshman home run record he's resetting the record books he's going to have two more seasons to chase down any record that as he that south carolina has and he looks like one of the best players in the country and he is a on cue friday night first inning home run against the best pitchers in the country crazy like just I'm going to set the tone right now. I'm going to get this part going. Paul Skeens, doesn't matter. Like, oops. oops. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, you, try to sneak, you try to sneak a piece of cheese by me, like a 101, my, like, I'll take it to left center there. And just what he's able to do. And obviously, Gavin Cassis has kind of slowed down a little bit. But Wimmer's been a stud for them. Messina had a great weekend last weekend. Just they, they have other guys that are stepping up and making a huge impact. Well, and of late, Dylan Brewer's really come on of late. Yeah. Dylan mm-hmm. Brewer's transfer raised from, his average like 30 Clemson. points. Yeah, like yep. he, he was kind of struggling early in the year. He was hitting down in the order. I think it was last week, and I saw they had flopped him and Cassis even in the order because he's he's on fire, and they you know slot him behind Brewer before Petri, and that's like legit. And Petri, I mean, sure, you know, we can – we will have time to talk about concerns about him. I don't know what his position is defensively. I don't think he's a very good right fielder. He's probably more of a first baseman, but obviously Casas plays there. And and it's hard. I think some of the hardest things to do, you talk about a freshman, you know, bursting onto the scene like this is like you're setting the bar so high. Yeah. And, and the expectations are now going to be four 427 with 20-plus homers every year. Yeah. That's really hard to do in the SEC, especially when, like, Who's going to be willing to pitch to you next year? Yeah, you know, well, we like, see it with Tommy White too. Like, right, everything he does, is like, ah, like, but like last right. year he was super good. Um, so that's going to be tough. But yeah, this team's and, and Will Sanders' numbers consistently surprise me just because if you watch him and don't look at his numbers, like it, he's really good. Like the slider is really good. You know, I know the fastball. He doesn't have quite the life on the fastball, and, and I think that's where he gets into trouble a little bit because. Um, you know, it just doesn't beat people at that level in that conference as much as some of the other fastballs you see when you talk about guys like Dolander and Burns and Skeens and and uh, so many of the others. Even even I think Mahoney has a better fastball than he does on his own staff. But the sliders are, are um, sliders very good. It's tight. Um, he spins it really well. It's kind of a gyro. It's a you know a true gyro slider. I would say uh, he really gets um, kind of that that axis on it and and. 
he gets a ton of swings and misses with it. So it's always surprising to kind of see his ERA. But like again, if you get into postseason play, like that's not just because he pitched to a four seven six. Like that guy, I think, is viable on any given start to go seven shoddy. He's the guy you don't want to see in right. a regional. Like, like as a well, I guess they would be a one seed, so he's probably pitching game two, but kind of thinking more in the lines of like Tennessee. Like nobody wants like if Tennessee, you know, like we assume they're gonna play really good baseball down the stretch, but let's just say hypothetically they still kind of scuffle, you know, and have their highs and lows and like they roll into Conway, South Carolina as a three seed. It's like <laughs> are you serious? Like, thanks, thanks for having our good year, and, and thanks. Yeah, for that's a hosted. draw. For yeah, you know what I'm saying. That. Like, it's 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 destined to happen if they still have their highs, high high highs and low lows. But you know, it's that's not what you want to see. But you know, Will Sanders is a guy that no two or three seed in in the second game of a regional is going to be like, oh, like this this is an easy ace in that no. park. It's like no, no. they're going to be like this is. Like this guy, who cares what his numbers say? Especially with the energy and the atmosphere in that place on a, yep. on a regional, he'll have that behind him. I mean, he's going to yeah. be fired up, and, and um, you know, he's thrown a lot of big innings for them. So, exactly, like at any point, he's he's very capable of going seven shutout innings and turning in just a stellar performance. So, I mean, I'm glad everyone's on board. We were we kind of like you said we were kind of two weeks early to the to the hype yeah. train because we saw them in person um, and we just saw how good they were and and um, you know they they have an argument to be ranked anywhere within that top five. I think you, I wouldn't disagree with you. No, I mean that if you put them at one, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue. Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest. That's where I was going to say is like you're literally one. Now I think the sour taste it leaves in everybody's mouth is the fact that there's not a single person who watched those two games that we were at and said, Oh, they would have had a shot in game three. It would have taken a really good job from that That was staff. And that was, that was deflating. That was deflating. Like, so nobody was sitting there going like, Oh, they were going to win a series against LSU. Just, they were like a lot of people probably felt that they were like lucky that it got rained out, lucky that it got pushed back. Like you only play two, you take your split and you move on. But who knows? I mean, if their coaching staff could have got that team up for game three, credit to them. That would have been awesome, but we'll never know. It's just hindsight at this point. But, um, you know, then you go sweep Florida and, and you're four and one against arguably the two best teams in the country. Right. And I don't, I don't think anyone would have been saying, if that was a true series where they had moved that obviously to a doubleheader, but if you had played that series Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they had a night to sleep on it, then they could have. They could have bounced back yeah, from that. You know what I mean? The fact that Definitely. it was a doubleheader, scheduled as a doubleheader, made it feel like they had no chance because that's a quick turnaround. But, yeah, like you said, they're 4-1 against two of the best teams in the country. And um, listen, everyone, everyone in the SEC in baseball pretty much plays the same schedule. So – you know, I don't want to boo-hoo for yeah. anyone with the gauntlet that are playing, but like, you ha- like this is what I asked Tennessee to do last week, and I was like, yeah, like I know it's a, it's a hard schedule, but you have to start winning some of these series to take. It's yeah. not okay to just take one against LSU. It's not okay to just take one. Like you got to start winning these series or sweeping them. And, and South Carolina's done that. Mm-hmm. They've taken care care of business. And and speaking of the gauntlet in the AC or in the SEC. Even on weekends that you're supposed to sleepwalk and win two as one of the top ten teams in the country, you can't. 
Arkansas rolls into Athens, Georgia, and and walks away with a series sweep. Stunner, but luckily for the Razorbacks, a lot of stuff went weird in the top 10 of the SEC and the top specifically couple of teams. Um, so it's not like it's a stunner that, that impairs their hosting opportunities or anything like that. As long as they continue to take care of business. I mean, they're sitting at 30 and 10 after this week where they obviously got swept by the, by the dogs, but you know, in the sec, it doesn't matter. They all recruit at a different level. They all develop, they all have the best facilities. They all have the best athletes. I mean, Georgia has access to the Atlanta Metro area where you have the best population of baseball players in the country so all of those things can combined you are your margins for error are slim they're small and if you don't take advantage of the opportunities that you get you could end up slipping up and and ended up with a series sweep on the road and this is the more surprising thing to me is not getting swept by a bottom of the barrel sec team i think that happens i think it's just like the SEC is so good and there's so much talent that it's that it's hard to, you know, to have that success on a day-to-day. But that's the first time Arkansas has been swept since 2018, which I think is a, is a credit to Dave Van Horn. He's one of the best coaches in the country. He's been at Arkansas for a while. He's been building programs since really before you and I were even born. And, you know, to be able to not get swept in the SEC from 2018 until 2023 is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. They're one of the best programs in the country. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Like, just on a year-to-year basis, Arkansas is always in the thick of it, right, every single year. They're like LSU. They're in the thick of it um, all the time, and, and they really don't ever fall off. Um, even their down years look pretty good at the end of the day. And um, I think the interesting that you take from, thing that you take from this weekend or you want to see is, like, how do you respond Okay, that is like that's the first time in, in five years that that stings a little bit. That makes it a little bit extra of a, of a sting and a bad taste. You know, Dave Van Horn's one of the best to ever do it. So I think we would both expect them to rebound and just, you know, kind of play the season out and be fine and just get right back on the horse next week. But it's something to keep an eye on, right? It's like, okay, well, now how do you respond to this? What are you going to look like after something like that happens? Because, I mean, some heartbreak. I mean, Saturday. It was Saturday, right? Saturday was a heartbreaker, right? You're up by, you're up by four with two outs in the ninth, and you give up a game time grand slam, and then the next pitch is a walk off homer. No wonder they got swept on Sunday. You were talking about a deflating loss. That's even worse than South Carolina doing it to LSU because, like you said, this is a series everyone expected you to sleepwalk in and win. And I believe it, like all three game, all three games of that series, they had leads, and Georgia came back on them, um, which tough. credit. Huge credit to Georgia for having that kind of fight against the top five team. To, you know, it's so easy to lay down. No one's expecting you to win those games, but you know they're fighting for their postseason lives. And um, so, like, great job by the dogs there. But um, for Arkansas, it's like, okay, so now what? Like, it happened. It's over. Put it behind you. You know, kind of focus. Everything's still right in front of you. That's the uh, college football coaches. You know favorite term it's every college coach's favorite term right there is everything everything you work for is still in front of you so you yeah. know how, how are you going to bounce back what do you, you know now that this has happened what are you going to do mm-hmm. yeah and it'll be interesting to see because they are wickedly talented i mean i think there are concerns i think they're young theme um you know you have guys like peyton stovall who's still in their kind of still babies in college baseball yeah. but 
Um, definitely a talented enough team to, to make some noise and you're allowed to have some hiccups. It's just more of a matter of how you respond. So, uh, definitely be interesting to see how they come back from that, but a little bit of a, a trip around the ACC, obviously some pretty good series to look forward to. Uh, Boston college came down to Chapel Hill and swept North Carolina, North Carolina, obviously has a ton of talent. They've kind of been inconsistent. Maybe we'll have to dive in a little bit on what's been going on with them, but that's a couple straight series losses for them. So you don't want to see it, but credit to Boston college. Obviously they came down and played really good baseball. Um, Duke, Duke, the blue devils are in hosting territory. We're talking about potentially getting another regional where we could step foot at in a beautiful ballpark would be a great place to watch a regional. I don't know if the Durham bulls plan for that. Who the (laughs) heck knows? Um, It might be low expectations, but they swept Louisville which Louisville's reeling now. I mean, Wake Forest comes That's in and punches them in the teeth, and, and then uh, Duke comes in playing their best baseball, which too bad I'm not in Bowie's Creek. I might have to send you down. We got tomorrow <laughs> night, we got Duke Duke versus uh, Campbell, the Camels at uh, at Jim Perry Stadium, so that'll be a fun one. Obviously, we're very impressed with what Duke's been able to do. Miami's really playing, really coming into their own. You know, they win a couple big series, uh, and then they go and sweep a solid Georgia Tech team. They're starting to really roll here. Um, they've got 18 games against the top 25. That's crazy. Um, they're 8-10 and 10 against the top 25, but they've got 18 games against the top 25. That's a that's a gauntlet. That's a dogfight. Um, pretty good to see that they're turning around, and they go to they go to Louisville and try to take off, take on a uh, tough Louisville team that's, that's obviously – struggling a little bit right now we had virginia who we were very high on at the beginning of the year they're they're kind of scuffling right now a little bit of a struggle bus right now for the for the cavaliers and they got swept by notre dame this weekend and they got they got duke coming to town next week so you have one team heading in one direction duke's pushing their way into the hosting territory and another team in the cavaliers that was head looked like you know the the top of the acc and and even coming into this weekend quite frankly looked like the top of the ACC. Like with the Wake Forest of the world, and now it's starting to look like Duke's going to push them for for that top spot. And then obviously we have Wake Forest, who lost on Friday night to Pitt in tight fashion. That offense got shut out on Friday night. And how do they respond? Twenty three runs, <laughs> seventeen runs, and it's almost like they never got shut out. They call him Rake Forest for a reason. And Dan, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about the ACC baseball and some of the things that stand out to you before I do a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about next. Listen, I didn't I didn't watch uh, Friday night. Can we get a weather report for Pitt on Friday night? How do you shut that offense out? Like credit to the pitching staff at Pitt, but like – the 40 runs the next two days kind of proves to like, What was the weather report there? Was it 40 degrees and the wind howling in? Because that's the only way in my mind that you shut that offense out. That's another offense that we've seen in person this year. And it's just monster after monster coming to the plate. I mean, you know, we've we've talked enough about Wake Forest. Duke, uh, look, we like uh, – I think me and you, I'm, I'm definitely a sucker. Like I see these teams in person and I always can find things. Oh, that yeah. I think I'm an Love optimist, like, a, like I find things to like about them. And, and you know, we saw Duke beat Wake Forest that day. So I'm not 
shocked that this is happening. The thing that I think that I'm confused about in the ACC is Virginia now because, you know, we talked about – I said Florida, I'm not worried. Arkansas, how do you respond? But this is the second time now with with – with Virginia, right? Virginia Tech, they have that series, and yep. that, was an, that was an inconsistent Virginia Tech team, and they and they have the hiccup. And Louisville's the same way. Like again, Wake Forest, I wasn't like, I can't believe that's the first time you've been swept by Wake Forest. You're probably too good to get swept at home, but now it happens again against Duke. Like that's interesting, and and you know that kind of solidifies, um, you know, why Wake Forest is the best team in the conference because. When they have a hiccup against in the first game of a series against Pitt, what do they do? They hang forty the next two days. And yeah. North Carolina is another one. They're just—it's just been too much inconsistency. And and all three of those rosters in Virginia, North Carolina, and Louisville have way too much talent um, to be so inconsistent. And and that's what makes it, college baseball so week to week, and especially in these conferences, um, like an, like an ACC, where like you can list like all of those teams, like right you. All of those rosters, Virginia, Louisville, Wake Forest, um, uh, Duke, North Carolina, like Miami, you like all these rosters. They've got a ton of talent. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's funny because every year there's big names in that conference that are at the bottom. I mean, look at Florida State this year, right? Florida State's had a, had a brutal year. Miami's kind of in the middle of the road. So um, it's interesting. But, but Louisville and Virginia, it, that's not – not good right now. No, and Virginia lost the series last weekend to Pitt. I was trying right. to remember when I was going through the recap of who it was, and then you go and get swept by Notre Dame. Like that's not Murderer's Row of of ACC teams, right there. Um, murderer's Row of ACC teams is Wake Forest, is even Miami, who they swept. I mean, Virginia. Again, they just got to get it figured out. The talents there, the lineup breaks, all the things like that. But I mean, you can't lose on Chicken Day to Pit. Nah. Free chicken tenders for all of UVA on, students, right. and you're coming yeah. out of there with a seven to five loss to the Panthers. Can't Come happen on, on Chicken. It day. can't happen on Chicken Day. Come on now, we're better than that, Cavaliers. What do we got this weekend coming up? We got we got pillowcase giveaway. On Friday against Duke, you can lose you got, on pillowcase giveaway. Day. You can. It's, it's not easy free to, It's easy to get day. soft. Beach party day. That's, can't lose on beach party. Can't day. lose on beach Absolutely party day. Not. I feel bad for the Blue Devils having to head north for that. Um, yeah, and then you got youth, youth day. Kids run the bases. It's just your typical Sunday series closeout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, definitely there. But um, and as for Wake Forest, so looking ahead, they. Go, or they have um, number seven, Coastal Carolina, coming to town tomorrow night. And you were lucky enough to be down at Coastal Carolina for a really fun series in, in Southern Miss, Coastal Carolina. And I was lucky enough to see Coastal Carolina at Jim Perry Stadium a couple weeks ago. So we both had eyes on what is now the number seven team in the country, uh, number seven team in the poll. Um, pretty impressive resume that they've got. They're 26 and 12, 13 and 5 in the fun belt, 5 and 3 against the top 10. They went. That has to be a typo, but they absolutely had a really good weekend. Um, they were three and one on the week last year. Southern Miss is a really good ball club that really pitches it. So, what were some of the things that that you took away from an offense that hung fifteen and twenty on uh, Southern Miss the first two days before losing in a game they scored seven? It's rare to see it at the number seven team in the nation be twenty six and twelve with a six three team ERA. <laughs> 
which just goes to show you that lineup is insane. That lineup one through nine just are dudes. I mean, yeah, it's it it's crazy what they're. You I mean Peyton Neal's obviously he gets kind of the party started, and I actually saw an article today kind of talking about how he is that kind of igniter, and that's what he's looked at is is you know he's the guy who kind of sets the tone, and he does. He's hitting almost four hundred. He's hitting three eighty one, um, and you know Caden Bodine's a freshman catcher and, and Derek Bender obviously has just unbelievable power and he's kind of an imposing presence when he comes to the plate and he he didn't have a great day the day I was there and, and Graham Brown who's a, a, a Maryland guy and that's the funny thing like you look at some of these guys like Bodine's a Jersey guy and, and um, Brown's a Maryland guy they do a really good job of kind of um, Nick Lucky's a PA guy yeah luck Nick Lucky's a PA guy and that's Teddy the funny Shark, thing he's a Jersey guy yeah, like they're all over that roster. They do a really good job in the Mid Atlantic, and, and you watch Nick Lucky come to the plate, and he's had draft buzz, and like he's got a really good swing, and he's imposing. And he's got like the worst numbers out of everyone outside of the eight home yeah, that's runs. Some, that's which, crazy. I mean, he's hitting two sixty eight, and like most of their lineups hitting three thirty. I mean, you yeah. don't even think about Chad Bourne, and Chad Bourne's hitting three twenty three. And, and the guy that I really fell in love with is Zach Beach, who he's kind of a butcher at first base a little bit. And, and when you watch him play defensively, he doesn't look that athletic. And then it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, go ahead and be a butcher because he comes to the plate. And, I mean, he miss hit a grand slam to left field in that game. That you know they get out to a thirteen nothing lead. And, you know, Southern Miss didn't really throw a lot of strikes. Uh, in the first two innings, and they go down thirteen nothing. But then, you know, credit to Southern Miss, who's a really good team. They kind of started to put some pressure on Coastal. They got back into it, and um, I'd be remiss, I guess, if I didn't uh, shout him out real quick. But um, Chase Adams, who came out of the bullpen for for Southern Miss, with them two innings on the year, and, and uh, came in and threw three scoreless to allow that Southern Miss team to get back into it. But then, you know, they go to another guy, and Coastal loads the bases, and Beach gets kind of beat with a fastball and hits it out to left. I mean, that place, yeah. look, that place is small. We all know it. It's they hit yeah. a lot of homers, but just to see his swing and, and how he does it. And earlier in the game, he comes up and he gets a sinker and like he's a lefty and he just crushes it to left for a base hit. And it's like that, that kid went up there with a plan. Um, it's yeah. so impressive. And, you know, some of their arms, you know, I, I, I they don't have the stuff that you see all the time. Um, you know, Jacob Morrison, who's who I got to obviously Teddy Sharkey, we know what he is. He has it. He has the stuff. He's really he good. has it. Um, but but Jacob Morrison's a, a freshman and and I liked his stuff. He was 91, 93, up to four. He has a cutter. Like I didn't like the breaking ball. It was kind of spinny and it backs up on him a lot and it pops out of the hand. But if there was an like an eighty eight mile, eighty six to eighty eight mile an hour cutter, that's a really good pitch. He just doesn't have that put away pitch. So teams like Southern Miss who have really good offenses that that um, don't punch out a lot, like they he didn't have anything to put them away, um, and and so it's it's kind of interesting to to see them and how what's going to happen in a regional. Can they get a, enough arms to get through them? Because that offense is going to bang, and if they're hosting it, good luck going in there. Who wants mm-hmm. to pitch in that place? Because we talked about how small Columbia is. That place is even smaller, and it's a jet yeah. stream to dead center, um, and that offense. Just like South Carolina, they've built that offense perfectly for that park. Um, and, and again, they have. Ta- it's not like they don't have any talent on the, um, on that pitching staff. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to Riley Eikhoff, who is a uh, a friend of one of my best friends. Um, he just came back from injury. Got to see him throw. Um, 
and, and he did a, he did a really nice job out of the pen. He's got good stuff, but he's he's a young buck and he's a little bit inexperienced. But I think he's going to pick continue to pick up big innings for them now that he's healthy. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see because they're you know these mid major teams that get ranked there. I think they deserve it, but you kind of it's exciting to kind of picture what's it going to look like when they get into a regional and like you said you know a Tennessee offense has to come in there and it's yeah. like yeah well you guys bang watch us in this ballpark you know what uh-huh. I mean like we we can do it too yeah I think that so a guy I saw um before I get into a little bit of their offense was Liam Doyle started game two against the Camels and he went three and two thirds with seven strikeouts and one hit against for all intents and purposes, the best offense in the country, at least in terms of scoring um, in in Campbell. So you're talking about a guy who came out of the pen on, you know, he seems to be finding a role. He might have started on Sunday. He came out of the pen on Friday, it looks like, against Southern Miss through one inning. But then he, he must have come out of the pen on Sunday as well through four and two-thirds, three strikeouts, one earned, um, ended up taking – the loss in the game but he's a guy who was pitching to a 9.75 when he rolled into Bowie's Creek and now he's down to a 5.79 he's kind of starting to find his own stuff's really good a lot of Campbell hitters swinging through a lot of heaters like just a lot of 92 to 94 mile per hour fastballs from a skinny freshman arm just like whiff 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 and and that's how you know he's got good stuff so that's a guy they're going to need to step up to a certain capacity when you're talking about a rotation that that struggles and doesn't have to light the world on fire with their stuff they don't have to dominate lineups but they got to give their team a chance i mean you look at the game they lost this weekend southern miss hung 15 on them it's like your offense when when your offense still scores seven and you lose like that's that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of head coaches well that i mean i think that that that's what's going to happen to them. And that's what they're kind of like, they're going to score seven. Like, yeah, I don't care who you run it. Like, you know, sure. Skeens and, and, and kind of the, the best pitcher and a Rhett louder can hold them. But, you know, some of these other arms, they're going to get clipped by coastal. It's just can coast, can, can that pitching staff, you know, keep teams under that. It's yeah. Going to be kind of tough. Yeah. Right? We've like seen it, this before with a lot of teams that are fun to watch, but they're not necessarily who you hang your hat on. Everybody says pitching and defense wins championships and, and that there's definitely a, some truth to that. But, you know, it's just because you, when you have bad pitching, most teams that make it to playoffs can hit, at least in some capacity. So when you try to out slug really good teams, like, it's it's hard to do that, right? Like when you talk about a Tennessee of the world, right? It's a lot easier to nickel and dime them and death by a thousand cuts them to win yourself a ball game than it is to go, oh, we're playing in a bandbox with the wind blowing out. We're going to go toe-to-toe and take Chase Dolander deep for seven runs in three innings. Right. And, and again, That doesn't the, happen very often. Right. And the talent's there. I mean, even a guy who I guess I'll mention to kind of pat myself on the back a little bit, but a guy like Colin Jablinski, who I don't know if he got hurt on Friday or not, because um, he only faced one batter. I didn't watch the game on Friday. Um, I don't know if he got hurt, but he walked him, or if he's just on that short of a leash because his numbers aren't good. He's in his fourth year there, and that's a guy that, believe it or not, I recruited when he was young. Um, I probably still have his phone number, actually. He's from he's another PA guy. Turn in the pod. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like that's a guy who who obviously I liked him when he was in high school and obviously he was a little too good for the program I was working at. He's at Coastal. But that's a kid with a really quick arm, had a tight breaking ball even when he was 15 years old. And you look at his numbers and they're just so underwhelming. And he's in his fourth year there. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. some of it's a little bit of that. Is like a lot of these guys, like, they have good stuff, but 
you know, to your point, you, you got to be able to keep that offense because, and you're not asking for a lot, right? They're 26 and 12. They're seventh in the country. They have a six, three team. All right. You look at their stats yeah. and like most of those guys have sixes. It's mm-hmm. like, just, we're going to need you to be a little bit better down the stretch. And, and, you know, Gary Gilmore has been there for 150 years. So I'm sure, you know, he'll, he'll figure out a way to make sure that they can, uh, yeah. they can get out by the time it comes around. It's probably going to take some work. They just got to find the right recipe. Great. He's definitely just going to want to move some runners. Yeah. My first time ever being down there. It's gorgeous down there. Yeah, it, it is. is beautiful. That ballpark's beautiful. The atmosphere is beautiful. Uh, ooh, the campus is great. It was a uh, it was shout out to Coastal. It was a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. And who knows what we're going to make a decision at what regional we're going to be at. And I can't wait. South Carolina, early June. You might have to. I mean, you might be. We might have to split up. You might have to be at multiple regionals. Hey, I might be fighting camels, roll humps, baby. I'm gonna be jealous. I might, I might have to go to two different ones. I might have to. I, I got it. I might have to. Yeah, well, go Campbell's pa- baseball house, and I'll come to a game. And yeah, you pass right. Campbell to get to Coastal. Coastal, right? Yeah. We're right past. And I could it. even make a. De- I could also make a detour to Campbell before I head out to Winston Salem. True, that'd be a fun one. Or Duke, right? Germ. Or I could just be. I'd I could be just in stay in this area and go to a different region. If, if if Duke Wake and I don't know if this is possible, if Duke Wake and Campbell all host, I could be at three regionals. That's very one possible. A day. I don't think I think the least likely to host there is Campbell, who's right yeah. now ranked eighth in the country just because of their RPI. Right. They got to win out. If, if Campbell wins out, they have a chance, and that's including beating Duke, beating East Carolina on the road, which would be a huge RPI. Huge, bomb. yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. And then you handle your business against a above 500 Gardner Webb team off this weekend. They've got Elon on Wednesday. Elon's above 500 CAA team. That helps. And then close out the season with USC Upstate. So good potential for a sweep there. Take care of business in the midweek. Also got UNCW there, who's well above average um, CAA team as well. So when I'll be honest, it, it'd be I, like. It would be awesome if we had Campbell, Duke, and, and Wake all right here. You know, Wake's a little bit of a drive, but if we can go to all three. But I also think it would be a lot of fun if me and you are sitting here trying to decide between Winston-Salem, Columbia, and and, and Conway. I'll tell you this. <laughs> that'd be, our, that'd be our, a fun dilemma to be in. Our friends in Columbia, as much as I'd love you, make it to a super regional and we're, we're, oh, more we're there to go to Columbia for a super region. I'm there. If they're hosting it, I'm there. I'm going to be, I'll probably yeah. be in Garnet and white too. Don't care who they're playing. Like I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm all in on that. So I don't know if I could pull a regional down there, but super regional I'm in. I'll sleep <laughs> in my car for that. <laughs> yeah. So. For real. So, um, but any closing thoughts? Uh, we didn't really. We're not really going to preview this weekend ahead. I think we talked about a lot of the stuff um, that we're looking forward to. We got finals week coming up for a couple schools, so we're going to see some dead weekends here. For I know Campbell's off this weekend. I know it looked like Wake Forest is four games this week off this weekend. Finals next week. Um, a lot of teams like to like flex in that weekend off. Best best time of year. For spring sport collegiate athletes, bar none, in my opinion. Post finals, yeah, yeah, right around this time, and then school's ending, and then you know you're getting the a little bit turning. Of, you're getting some meal money to you know 
you know, the campus kind of empties out. And sure, you lose some of that vibe. It's always fun when campus is crowded. But when it's just you and the boys and, and uh, you're getting the meal money every day from Skipper and um, all you got to worry about is baseball and you know that you're destined for the postseason, there's just that feeling. It's uh, And summer's right around the corner after it. And for a lot of guys at, at this level, they're, they're thinking about the MLB draft. Like there's these are the, the, the best days of, of of those guys lives and they don't know yeah, it yet but it is <laughs> skipper hands out hands out a bunch of 20s you go to the four for four and then you buy yourself a gram but or maybe um, or yeah. maybe gamble it with your teammates I, I, not yeah. that you and i did any of this mom if you're listening <laughs> you usually don't make it this deep in the episodes yeah not that you and i ever did any of that i'm just not we that. know guys who did yeah <laughs> Not that I've ever seen anybody use their meal money to buy a gram of whatever you fill in the blank for whatever you want, or or gamble um, it. Yeah, no, or gamble ne- it. never poker um, poker games with uh, with the meal money with never. the meal money. So, uh, but until next time, uh, obviously, make sure you're liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. Sharing with five friends, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, five star reviews on Spotify. Anything helps. We've got some big news in the pipeline. Uh, some big news coming up in the next couple of weeks. A lot of help, helping hands joining on. Uh, so that'll be big for us, and and we're still going with that. So, uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Great news! Major League Baseball is back. The college baseball season continues to electrify, and with the help of our friends over at SeatGeek, we can get you out to whatever game you want to see. All you need to do is head over to SeatGeek, find your game you want to go to, and enter promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to get $20 off your first purchase. Maybe you want to go see some NBA or NHL playoffs. I don't know. Maybe you want to go to a concert with the weather warming up throughout the country. No matter what event you're looking to go to, our friends at SeatGeek can hook you up with the best deals great seats at an affordable price you can't beat it make sure to enter promo code backside ground ball for twenty dollars off that's seatgeek.com promo code backside ground ball